almost legal it's podcast number 16 short and sweet my name is brian my name is dean and welcome aboard i mean maybe not aboard that's a bad choice of word but welcome to our short and sweet podcast we've got a collection of songs under two minutes all of them under two minutes all queued up for you and ready to go what are we going to start with brian we're going to start with a song from Teenager of the Year called Thalassocracy. And another interesting piece of our podcast here this week is that we've chosen eight songs under two minutes. So we have 16 minutes of music for podcast number 16. Just wanted to get that in there before I forgot because I'm a forgetful kind of guy. So here we go, Thalassocracy. Whatever Happened to Pong and both that and Thalassocracy from Teenager of the Year. In fact, Whatever Happened to Pong opens the album and then it usually goes into Thalassocracy. But we thought, you know, it's 16, things are turning upside down. We're going to switch the order up on you. 
Next up, we have a song called Don't Clip Your Wings. It was first released on an iTunes exclusive and more recently on One More Road for the Hit, which was released again on iTunes as well as on eMusic. Another interesting fact is that this song, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was debuted at the same Slim's California show from which we played I'll Be Blue last week. Yes. Lots of stuff from that show. It's a good show. It's a good song. A little bit more mellow. Here we go. Don't Clip Your Wings. Raised up from the dead Guess I'll end up just like him Someone said Always leaving town And all that kind of thing Darling, don't clip your wings Don't love the ground Don't clip your wings Cause I'm sure to let you down Still the queen of the Nile Barring her disaster You got her smile Now I hear the sound Of a goddess start to sing Don't clip your wings Don't love the ground Don't clip your wings Cause I'm sure to let you down Don't clip your wings As October rolls in, Frank Black will hopefully be rolling through your town with his new band. And we have a very, very exciting contest coming up. Dean and I have put together quite a doozy here, if I do say so myself. Basically, we have set up a meet and greet with Mr. Frank Black for Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, its residents, and those who are brave enough, like myself, to travel to Canada in November. Basically, we'll be meeting with Frank Black at some point before or after the show on November 7th in Saskatoon, and we want you to be there. So, Dean, why don't you explain what these good people have to do to get to this wonderful meet and greet? Well, Brian, uh, first they have to get here, and then they have to enter the contest. And the contest goes a little something like this. Hit it. There are a few things we want to know from you. We'll start with the easy ones. Number one, just tell us your favorite moment from one of our FrankBlack.net podcasts. Can be anything. We just want to know what you guys like. Number two, name as many of our introductions as possible. The beginning of the podcast, we try to have a unique introduction every time, whether it's you know a quick one-liner or it's uh, sort of a big production. Just name as many as you can and send that along. And finally, number three. That is our podcast 16 question. This is the trivia part. Listen carefully. Where and when did the last Frank Black and the Catholic show occur? And where and when did the first Pixies reunion show occur? Send your answers in to podcast at frankblack.net and you have a chance to meet Frank Black. Have a sit and chat down with him and with us. Uh, of course. And with a friend too. Don't forget that. that you oh, yes. You bring a friend along with you for this contest so that we're not hopefully abandoning anyone who's traveling with a companion so 
Uh, do we have a, a deadline for this, Dean? Yes. Have your questions in by Monday, October 9th at midnight Pacific time at the very latest. So get it in as soon as you can, and we will randomly be selecting a few winners and announcing them on our next podcast. Also coming up this week, actually, just a few mere hours after this podcast hits the airwaves, the new Club Date, the Pixies Live in Paradise DVD will be coming out, which was shot in Boston, Massachusetts last August and features the Pixies in a rare, small club. And uh, it comes to us from the good people at Eagle Rock Entertainment, the same who brought us the Pixies Live in Newport DVD. And if it's anything like the Newport DVD, we have quite a treat to look forward to. And now we're going to hear some songs by the Pixies, not from that show, but short, sweet, great songs anyway. And the first one is a favorite of Dean's and mine. That is Weird at My School.
Alright, so that ends our Pixies set. After Weird at My School, we heard Isla de Encanta and then Hangwire. Next up, we have a little bit of an interview with Frank Black, the second last one, so enjoy it while it's here. So here we go. A while back, I know you had changed handles on the for- on the frankblack.net forum, and people were questioning whether you were really you. Yeah. And you had said that the way you were going to prove it to them is you, you were going to explain how space is going to do me good, big red, Jet Black River, and Can I Get a Witness, they all connected somehow. But you never let us know exactly what that was. And uh, Dean and I were talking oh. about this. We couldn't figure it out. So we were hoping you could okay. shed some light on it for us. So can I Get a Witness, Big Red. Space is going to do me good. And Jet Black River. Is, oh, okay, yeah. It must have something. It has to do with the rhyme, the little rhyme scheme, if you will. It's a type that I... Uh, used at least those four times. I've probably done it on other songs too, but if I give you an example of it, uh, let's see, uh, it's sort of rhyming, it's sort of taking the last two syllables of a line, and then when you go to the next line, you use, you have those same two vowel sounds or whatever, or syllables, and you know, you can be more soft with it, uh, but you basically just flip them, you know, so like, I'm going to the store. The next line, I want to, I want to board ya. <laughs> right? <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to the store. I want to bore ya. Okay. So it's, you know, the store, bore ya. Yeah, so it's, it's inverting the uh, the rhyme scheme, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then you, and then, you know, that, you know, so... The Islands of Phoenix in 2016. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, uh, and then there's another rhyme scheme that has to do with the third line of that song. Da, 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 Hollywood, right? 
but basically the whole game that's going on in the first two lines. Uh, I'm done with adult matter. Uh, matter. I'm uh, catapult. I mean, you know, you know. Some, some sometimes I've been able to. I, I make it real literal, and sometimes more soft rhyme because. You know, it's fairly limiting. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna be really literal about it, you know, and just it's like only those two syllables. You know, you have to invert them the next time. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's a little game that I that I play uh, sometimes uh, in songs. Does it does it help you write, or is it just to keep it interesting? It's a way to get. It's a it's 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 a it's a way to achieve an end. You know, and, you know, it's a way to. You need to fill. You need to fill the line. You know. You need to say something. So and, it kind of uh, helps you write, then. I guess. If you're just sitting there going like, "Oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say." You know. And sometimes stuff isn't working. Sometimes you, if you put something artificial there, you know, say, "Okay, well, you can't come up with anything on your own." Well, we're going to put this kind of. We're going to a narrow parameter that you have to follow. And so all you have to do then is fill in one space, right? And then, because you've got that parameter, it's already dictating to you about the, the, the next line that follows. It's dictating enough that it's in that particular thing where you're flip flopping the, the last two syllables. You know, you end up saying a lot more crazy stuff. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you, you just you just end up like it just oh, then suddenly the door is open. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like you go from like having writer's block to go to like okay. Now I'm going to em, 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 employ some sort of artificial kind of stimulus, you know. <laughs> and then what happens, the next thing is then you do a line or two, and then it's like, whoa, this is great, and it's really crazy or something. Or, you, you know, suddenly the song just takes some other whole direction that you didn't plan on or takes on a new meaning or, you know, whatever. Anything can happen, but suddenly all of that kind of, Crampiness, that writer's cramp, all of the kind of closed-in kind of feeling that we, you know, of not being fruitful, kind of goes away. Suddenly, it's like, oh, okay. Suddenly, you're you're loose again, and words are flowing, and phrases are popping, and uh, you know, you're in the creative stream again. You know, you know. Oh, I can't think of nothing. You know. I assume the same thing goes for for your use of acrostics and that sort of stuff too. It's just different ways of getting new things to come out. Yeah, I mean, I remember one time when I was like a teenager of the year. I, had, I mean, it was kind of like Nashville in the sense that you know Eric Feldman and, and Nick Vincent were both really talented musicians, and they had no trouble, you know, Lyle Workman too. They had no trouble following me, you know, or uh, remembering arrangements. You know, they had no problem with with eccentric chord progressions. You know what I mean? They were uh, all very, very good musicians. And so I didn't even have to finish writing a song. I would just say, well, I got this. Here's this little impulse. Here's this little impulse. Here's another one. You know, I was just throwing stuff at them. And they were like, yeah, no problem. You know, <laughs> and they would just play it. So to me, it was sort of like magic. You know what I mean? It wasn't magic. It's just they were good. They're just damn good musicians, you know? And... So that was maybe the first time that I had kind of, you know, Marine Commando type of players that could, like, go anywhere or climb anything, <laughs> do anything do anything that you want them to do, you know what I mean? And uh, so I was having a lot of fun with it, but at the same time I was kind of neglecting my lyric writing. 
And so suddenly there was this like huge backlog of music, you know, that we had been recording and having a great time. But, you know, Eric and Al Clay at the time were both saying, you know, uh, so when are we going to start doing some vocals, you know? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was, I'm working on it. But of course it became a, uh, what do you call it? A, uh, a self, self fulfilling prophecy. Yes, thank you. So, prophecy. <laughs> I, you know, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. You know what I mean? You're sitting up there, the you know, literally sitting on a mountaintop in Malibu, going, "I can't do it." You know what I mean? You know, trying to write, write lyrics, and feeling really like and there was all this pressure, you know, because people are only going to be in town for so long, and you've got a studio book, and you're spending all this money at a studio every day, and you know, of course, I kept the ball rolling. I got let's get some more music to record. You know, <laughs> okay, fine, Charles, we'll record some more music. But you know, is this going to be an instrumental album? No, it's not going to be an instrumental album. Well, what are we going to do the vocals? When are we going to do the vocals? And so, I was got really depressed. You know, and I was just wasn't coming up with anything. But finally, uh, on their own, with Al Clay, who's the engineer, and Eric, said, "Hey, Charles, you know, we realized that this isn't." what you want but just as an experiment we you know we wrote some lyrics for you and so eric and eric and al wrote lyrics to a, to a song i don't know i can't remember which one they picked but it was just a sort of way to kind of get me thinking you know and to, oh and it got me thinking like damn fast because <laughs> of course neither one of those guys were like lyricists you know and they were trying to figure out well, he he likes to maybe he likes to write about space or something, you know. And yeah, they didn't really know for sure what my thing was, you know. They just they had their own impression as anybody would, you know. And so they tried to be me, you know, and say, well, let's try to pretend we're Charles and and write a Charles type of lyric. And of course, when I read the lyric, I was like, oh my god, I would never write something like that. I mean, it was <laughs> like, you know, this is the worst piece of shit ever. You know, he's just like, I cannot. No, I, no way! I mean, it was just like we are not doing those for the lyrics. And it, but I really like got me off my ass, and I was just sort of like, okay, whew, I gotta like you know nip this in the bud, man. This is just craziness. This, you know, these guys are trying to write me lyrics, and they can't write lyrics. And you know, obviously, it worked. It was very. Uh, we've been watching a lot of uh, Andy Griffith show around here lately on DVD. You know. <laughs> you know, but you know how Andy, you know, like Barney, of course, wants to nail him to the letter of the law. Hey, you know, the guy is, you know, breaking the law. He rode his bicycle on the sidewalk. You know, we're going to write him up. We're going to throw him in jail. You know what I mean? He's very literal about that. But, of course, Andy is wise. And, you know, he knows these country people and how they work. And so he's always got some sort of psychological manipulation where instead of, you know, you know, just coming down hard on everybody. He might, he kind of sets up a couple of scenarios where things happen and, you know, things end up working out, you know, where everyone comes to their senses, you know what I mean? So I think that's kind of like what Eric and Al had in mind. They were just like, well, I think I know how we can get Charles. <laughs> get rid of his writer's crap, you know. <laughs> we'll write some lyrics, you know what I mean? And that'll just get them all mad and fired up. <laughs> That's exactly what happened, you know. So, anyway, that's a that's a that's a way to get something done, you know. Although that, that, in that situation, I didn't plan on it. They just they did it, you know. And now, finishing off our short and sweet podcast, we have two more songs from Frank Black and the Catholics. The first one is from the uh, Dean. What have we called this before? The unreleased 
internet freebie online whatever only exclusive blah blah yeah, blah we, who we, knows we had like a 10 word title for this but anyway it's from the online exclusive Sunday Sunny Mill Valley Groove Day and this is also the B-side to the Robert Onion CD single as well as now being available on the B-sides compilation One More Road for the Hit. This song is called Angst and is a tribute to a SST Records band of the same name that Frank Black is particularly fond of. And then after that we will hear a song from the last Catholics album Show Me Your Tears. This is a nice short sweet song called The Snake. And uh, on behalf of Dean and myself, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And we'll see you back here in two weeks with podcast number 17. Enjoy the shows. Don't I get to say bye? Say say goodbye. Go ahead. Bye. Let up.
Mistreated. 